Yeah, let's do it, dude. All right. Well, so, how long do you usually do it? Do you do like an hour, hour and a half? Uh, Bruh, I I try not to put like a set timer for everybody. Okay. I give okay. them um, a, like an approximately, you know, say it's say yeah, that we do yeah. this for an hour or an hour and a half or two. But most of the time, if we just keep talking, man, <laughs> we could be we could be doing this for hours and hours at end, man. And uh, to yeah, me, yeah, that's yeah. that's more valuable, man. It's the conversation. Yeah. It's the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was just checking. I was just checking. I didn't know if like you uh you have like a like a schedule of of things or what, but yeah, no, nah, I'm all for I it, mean, dude. I do have a schedule. I, well, not a schedule. I, like I do have a schedule of people I gotta interview every day for the next yeah. couple of weeks. That's why oh, I, sure. that's why I always try to, you know, interview them individually, like per day. Yeah, yeah not I try to do the the two per day, and m- most of the time, oh, that, it's that's either, time consuming. Probably, yeah, it's very time consuming, and sometimes the what you call it the one will cancel, and then then the other, and then I'm like, damn, what do I have to do the rest of the day or rest of the night? I cancel all my plans, so it's yeah, I yeah, I, I I avoid that as much as possible. I just say, you know what, let's just do it at this time, yeah. like 7 p.m. Easter time, my time, you know, mm-hmm. it's usually it's usually a good universal time for everybody. So I just. Yeah. Yeah. I get off at six uh, Eastern. So that's literally perfect timing. Yeah. yeah. I, I get up at uh, five, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern and it just takes me like an hour just to get here. Today was a little bit longer. School starts yeah, and whatnot. So, yeah, it just. Yeah. And sometimes, like I said, like I'll t- I text you, hey, I just got here. Give me a few, and we'll set yeah, it up, yeah. man. Do you think? Do you think? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, no. Like it, it, it varies. It, it varies for from time to time from people. You know, sometimes I actually do get the four hour conversations with somebody, and I'll just divide yeah. the episode, and and I enjoy. Oh, it. Word. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty dope, bro. And I, and I wish I could be like in the level of Joe Rogan, in which I can actually go ahead and slap the free hour conversation into that one episode. But most of the yeah. time, our audience is like, "Can't, bro. I can't listen to a conversation for three hours." So I just divide it into two and put an hour and an hour I have in each, and yeah. it's better, more yeah. content for me, more more time, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm no. All for that. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally get you there. I mean, I, I, me personally, I could watch like a three to four hour documentary myself, like just. I usually have things on the side when I'm doing stuff anyways. Right. So stuff like that just keeps me like focused. Like I'll watch podcasts or something, but I'll have them playing like, like over and over. So it's like, I'm already listening to something that's like basically four hours long, you know? Right. And I, I, and sometimes it's good for people, you know, sometimes it's always good to have those like deep, deep dive conversations, you know, because most of it, most of the time it's just, um, most of the time, when you hear these podcasts, uh, and I, I'm not throwing any shade to any podcasts out there, it's it's just my personal opinion. Most of the time, it's just Q and A's. Yeah. While yeah. while the A's are dope, it's it gets a little bit repetitive. You know, like like mm-hmm. I already heard this before. Like, how many times are you gonna ask this artist yeah. the same question or a different artist every time? Like, give me something like more meaningful, more in depth. You know. Yeah. That's why I, um one one person that's really good at that that I look up to is uh Nardwar. You know him? 
I don't. Tell me so, more. So, um, Nardwar does like very in-depth like research. Mm. Like uh, if you search on YouTube, like Nardwar top 20 reactions, he'll, okay. he'll talk to like Lil Uzi Vert and be like, oh, so what about your childhood friend when you were eight? And then, like, Lil Zee Vert's like, you know too much. It just starts running out the hotel <laughs> room. Like, like he knows his shit. It's crazy. Like, people people keep thinking, like, he's, like, the feds or something. When, oh. when he asks these questions, like, he knows, like, their mom's name and shit like that. Like, shit you can't find on the internet type deal. Oh. And it's nuts. Like, dude, dude's crazy. I don't know how he does it, but, like, either he has a great team or, like, he's just good at finding stuff like that. It's very good. Like, he'll find, like, records mm. that people listen to when they were, like, a kid and people would be like, how the fuck you know about that shit? I never said it in any other interviews and stuff. It's nuts. Like, um, he he's interviewed people like Drake, Tyler, the creator, like, oh. all the big names in, like, rap and whatnot. Right. And it's, like, it's nuts, dude. It, I love watching those videos because he, he's such a good, like, he's such a good, like, interviewer because it's, like, mm. things that like you said, they're not like just simple Q and A's that you've heard in every other interview. They're like shit that's like deep or just things that would shock value the artist. Right. That would get them like intrigued, you know? Yeah, no. And th and that's the whole point about doing this type of stuff, bro. Like you you're, yeah. you want people to know the artist, know the person, you know, who you're trying to get yeah. into a conversation. So because most of the time we see these artists as um as gods, as celebrities, as untouchables, you know, that level yeah. extreme, you know, and people need to understand that, you know, they're just regular people like you and me, you know, like anyone else. It's yeah. just so happened that their music happened to be elevated to a point that people, everyone in the world fucks with it and listens to it, you know. Yeah. But yeah. they're just regular people, you know? And when you hear <laughs> these type of stories, you know, that they get highly motivated because it's like, wow, how the hell do you know that? And yeah. Then, uh, wow, yeah, I like to talk about this sort of stuff because how many times do you think any of these artists overall have the, you know, interviewed? Like how many interviews they get every year, you know? Yeah, I mean, their, their manager's probably like, hey, you have an interview at 7.30. They're like, right. Not this shit again. Like yeah. probably the same. Oh, what are your favorite artists right now? Like, and then uh, you know, um, someone like Nardwar, you know, for example, I'm just like, oh, what about this childhood name? And boom, mind blown, mind confused, and then they talk, you know. So see, that's why I yeah. I fuck a lot about that. You know, I love to hear you know podcasts that are all about you know having these uh the conversations, which is why it's one yeah. of those premises of. What separates me for any other EDM podcast? Like everybody can say, like you're just a regular podcast like us. You you ask questions and and they artists give answers. Like yeah, probably I probably throw a few Q and A here and there, but you wouldn't know, yeah, because I'm, well, I'm just having a talk with a person. I'm just here listening their stories overall. You know, that's all. And yeah, I mean to be fair, I don't I don't really know that many like EDM like podcasts a lot of the podcasts that are like an edm for example like the mm. going quantum podcast it's all honestly just like guest mixes and whatnot i don't really hear mm. much about like artists getting interviewed or mm. anything i I don't, I don't really know too many like other interviewers besides like 
you and maybe like a couple blogs, but that's it. A lot of the other interviewers are just blog posts on their websites. They don't really do like calls. Well, some of the podcasts that I do know that I'm with, that I know are like back to back with Willie Joy. He he's very good at doing the Q and A's. Yeah, interviews everybody. Um, Into the donation, you know, behind the dog by Wyatt. Shout out to those guys, you know. But they do more educational purposes, which is dope okay. as well. Um, Lizzie Jane podcast, but she definitely does. Q and A's and Mr. Bill mm -hmm. podcast is probably the closest thing you can find to a Joe Rogan style a little bit. Okay. So, but there are podcasts, they are out there. There are EDM podcasts out there that do sit downs and have conversations. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not trying to, to brag and say like, Oh yeah, mine's better. Uh, but I'm saying like mine so far is the only one that stands out between all of them because I'm the only one who interviews people in a way that they feel comfortable to tell me their stories and tell me yeah. their inner stories that they would not normally tell this to someone. Just someone random. Yeah. So something random and make it publicly. Yeah. No, they'll, they'll, they're comfortable enough to tell me like, For example, I had artists here that told me like, you know, they've been they've been on rehab before, they've done drugs, mm -hmm. they've done they become homeless, they 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 were, you know, the struggling artist routine. Like you can check on some of the episodes, everybody can find it, and they're right there in the public. And they tell me these type of stories. And yo, it's okay if you don't want to talk about this. And they're like, nah, yeah, nah, nah, you're yeah. good, man. We'll talk about this. Absolutely. And I'm like, yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah, they being comfortable to talk about this. To me and for the audience to hear this so people can understand that these are human beings. This is stuff that happens to everybody. And it's okay to feel this way because it might actually happen. It being happening to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Honestly, realism, realism in the industry is probably the best thing that has like started happening because a lot of people, you know, they want to fake their image. So, yeah. You know, see, see the limelight in it. But honestly, I get a lot of good responses on my realism for being real. Cause it's like, you know, I don't want to be fake. I don't know. I don't right. want to put on some shitty image, you know, some fake ass image. And then when you meet me in person, it's not that, you know, I'm not trying to use all the energy that I got to be fake. You right. know, I'm sure everyone's got a fucking bad day. You know, is it okay to curse? Yeah. I fuck you. Oh, you can curse. Go okay, ahead. Word, man. Word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, like I don't, I don't fucking, I don't fuck with the whole fake shit. Like I don't want to have a fake image or a fake brand, you know, just to get a wider audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be fucking real if I want. You know what I mean? Like I got a bad day. You know, those bad days, I can make some fat tracks off of it. You know? No, that's and, how it goes. And and that's how I like to keep it in the industry with myself, with with everyone else. I want to be as blunt and honest as possible with everybody else. I always wanted. to let them know that I'm real with you guys. Like I will never be a fake or a bad stab or, or any of that stuff. Because like, like at my age, like this is all high school bullshit. Like why, yeah. we, we don't have time for this, man. Yeah. We, the only time that we have is to make music, make money, make business and do all a bunch of crazy, naughty shit, man. We don't got time for, to deal with some drama and other crowds. Like, and why, why would you like, honestly, yeah, What what's the whole point of doing I, that? You know, I was in high school when I was dealing with all the drama high school shit. Yeah. Like I started making music when I was in uh, when I was in eighth grade. I was thirteen. Wow. Uh, yeah, when I started, so I I dealt with all the high school drama shit when I was in high school. 
So like around like 16, 17, I was like, all right, fuck all that. Like, let me start making my shit, you know? Yo, that's crazy. Wait, so, so hold on. So you've been, so how old are you? Are you in your 20s right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm 22 now. I've been making music for eight years. Damn, that's fucking fire. <laughs> yeah, dude. Damn, dude. So so what was that like for you to be, you know, be the one that's making music while everybody else is like doing whatever? Oh, I mean, I, I mean, to be fair, like I, I wasn't really too big on the whole like going to prom. Like, I mean, I've been to prom, mm -hmm. you know, you know, uh, I did that like I did that like a year before everybody else. Like, I, um, you know, not trying to brag. I was with someone a little older in high school. Yo, so yo, you yo. are not trying to be a big baller here. No nah, cap, so. no cap. Yeah. So, I mean, I already, I already did the shit that I wanted to do in high school. Right. So it was like, all right, I can use the rest of that time, work on music. Um, you know, I guess just like meet a lot of people. Cause, um, you know, back then I was a fan with a lot of people. I, I was fans of a lot of people. And a lot of those people became my friends now, which is really cool. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Which is dope. Like, you know, at first I was like, you know, I appreciate what you do. And then like throughout the years, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. You know, I'm cool with them now, you know. Um, so I I really spent a lot of like my high school um years just trying to get better at my craft. So then when I'm older, you know, I'm not stressing too hard about it, you know. Like I like I'm not I'm not stressing too much about it, but like, you know, I, I still like learning new things nowadays too, you know. Right. No, I, I will tell you that about the whole stress, Ben. Um I started I I've been DJing for Jesus, like 17 years already right now. And I started late on making music, like in around my mid-20s around there, you know? And yeah. Yeah, the same level of stress that you probably are dealing with, I felt that very, very, very early on when I was trying to make yeah. music, man. And let me tell you, it's no bueno, man. It's no bueno. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, on top of like, uh, I'm going to be honest. I mean, you said you got a kid, right? You said school starting soon with them. Oh, no, I don't. I don't got a kid. Oh, my bad, my bad, my no, bad. No, no, it's, so, it's just that we're, um, I live in South Florida, so school started for everybody, you know? And yeah, And when yeah. it's traffic hour, traffic hour yep. in the summer was different than it is right yep, now. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, 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 so like, so like, um, you know, the shitty thing about, you know, the school system, it's all about grading, you know? It's not yeah. really much about learning. I'll say that. So it's like all about getting homework, essays, all that shit. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I, sure. gradu I graduated high school at the right age, but like I was, I definitely like did not give a shit too much about it, but I was also stressing. Like it was a lot of pressure on my back because, right. you know, you know, they're like, oh, you got to get into college, get a good job, all that mm -hmm. shit. And then I'm like, okay, I have all that on my back while I want to work on music where that's some extra weights there, you know, trying to get better. You know, I'm, I'm like 15, 16 years old getting shit on by the industry because I'm a youngin and I don't make the best of music, you right. know? So it's like, I'm just trying to get better while I got to deal with grades and shit. And it's like, and then the teenage angst, you know, depression shit that you get when, when you start getting older, you start realizing your brain's fucked up yeah. and it just all weights on your fucking shoulders. Yeah. I mean, it was ass, but like I made it through, you know, I, I, I'm stubborn enough to make it through. Like I, I, I made sure that of that, that's for sure. That's um, I mean, there was definitely like some bad nights mm. and shit. Like, of course that like, you know, it weighs too much on you sometimes. And I mean, you know, it happens. It, it happens. It happens to everybody, especially in those teenage years when, when you feel like the, you got the whole world and you're in the palm of your hands, you know, and you got everything. You didn't have every, 
you know, every adult problem that you normally will have, you know, like you, you, you don't get into adulthood without knowing all the level of stresses that you carried on when you were a teenager, you know, and I yeah. mean, me looking back to it, I was like, shit, bro, like I could have done so much if I if I would have worried and care less what other people think about me. Yeah, I thankfully, like right around like junior, senior year, mm. it started clicking like I'm just doing me. Yeah. Type deal. You know, I'm not worried about what other people are thinking. Like I cracked the code in my head pretty early, thankfully, that I, I didn't got to worry about anybody else on how they view me. I got to worry about how I feel about me. Right. And once that shit cracked in my head, it, boom, it. like, like I, I game was game over. over. I was, I was going for it, man. Like, honestly, yeah. Like right when I, when that clicked, I, I, I got like, I don't know. I got like a little cheat code in my head that like mm -hmm. I started making better music and started understanding it. You know, I don't know what the fuck happened, but it it happened. You know, I mean, I mean, shit, it's senior year, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, like I understand like senior year, there was like, you know, the pressure about which college you want to go to and all that. But honestly, like around senior year, I stopped stressing. Like uh, I'm, I'm kind of a stress free type of guy. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you know, like I got bills and shit, but it's like, whatever, I'll get them paid. You know, like I'll, I'll get it done. You know, that's, that's how I be doing. You know, I don't, I don't like to stress too much. Cause if I stress too much, then it's like, yeah, fuck that. I'm not doing anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I get you for sure. Like when until you get to, when until, I don't know if in your situation, but it, um, when you have your own home and then you got your own bills to pay, like your car, insurance, and then groceries yeah. every so often. And, and like me, got my student debt, you know, that I need to get paid off. And then mm -hmm. sometimes you need to use your credit cards and then you start building credit card debt like for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's great. The level of stress is just ridiculous at that point, you know, but you like you said, you, you deal with it. One day at a time, you know, and everything will get paid up. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a numbers game, you know. It's a shitty thing where you gotta be like, damn, like look at this money I got in my bank, and then you're like, damn, I gotta use all of that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I got paid the other day. Um, I'm helping my mom out with her car, right. and I'm like, I'm like, yo, this paycheck's nice. Damn, like. All right, let me give her, let me send her the money. Like, oh. let me do that. Let me get my bills paid. I'm like, damn, I got like a hundred bucks left. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get paid in two weeks. Oh, oh and then you got to deal with those a hundred dollars in two weeks. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Emotional, damn start, start it. Eating, start eating, you know, bologna and orange juice. Yeah, yeah, I, I I I was working on some cup noodle for like a, a week. Or so yeah, I got I got some shit from the dollar store. Yeah, dude, dollar store comes in clutch, man. I'll be honest, like there's days where I've been like broke, broke. I got like quarters type broke, you know. And the dollar store comes in clutch when you're like when you need really? some lunch, you know. Yeah, yeah, I I I bring like what like two uh like maybe like eight quarters, you know. That's two bucks right there. Um. Cause you know, maybe there might be tax or something. I get a little Powerade for a dollar and like a chicken nugget, like a box for a dollar too. Yeah. Like the little, like 
little like microwavable chicken nuggets. Yeah, you get that shit for a dollar or like some noodles, you know? God damn. Yeah. That's that's much more better than my my old life, you know, when I was in college. They I just go to a 7-Eleven. For yeah. for ten bucks, I can have breakfast and lunch. Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not as good now. I literally like spent like twenty bucks just now on like some little Caesars the uh, a couple hours ago for lunch. So I mean, oh. I'm, not, I'm I'm not as good. You know, I was like I was like I want some pizza. So <laughs> hey. I'm like you know it'll it'll sac- I'm sacrificing. You know, hey. Little Caesar's slaps, man. I don't know. I don't care what anybody says. Little no, I don't. Slaps. I don't. Yeah, yeah. For fucking real, I don't care about the hate that they get. I'll eat that shit. I'll, I'll eat in front of someone's face. You know, absolutely. Fuck all that. The, the fucking <laughs> double pepperonis that they got there. For, oh my yeah, God. yeah. It was this. It was this like a most extra pepperoni shit. I was like, what the fuck is this? Big ass pieces of pepperoni and shit, dude. Oh, so good. Oh yeah, I'll I'll eat that like it was nothing, man. Absolutely. For for how much? Six dollars? What? Shut up and take my money, man. Yeah, yeah, for real, yeah. for real. Yeah, no. yeah. So I mean, I mean, there's a lot of means of like you know getting through, you know. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't try to like stress too much about it, just because I don't want it to get to me. Because mm-hmm. like if it gets to me, then I just lose focus off of like my my track that I want to do, you know. So, so when you're actually dealing with all the shenanigans that you deal with, does that ever actually affect you when you're actually making music? Um, uh, a lot of like my years, like uh, growing up and stuff, like with the throughout the you know the stress and like the angst and stuff, mm. a lot of that was just angry ass music because I was an angry kid. Like I went through therapy and shit like that for it. Um. Like throughout the whole school year and stuff, like I, I was pissed off a lot. So uh, a lot of that stuff was uh, like a lot of angry music was being made. I mean, it wasn't the best angry music, but um, it was, you know, it was something that would let me like express myself, you know. Um, and uh, nowadays I don't stress too much, but like there's a lot of shit that I could still reflect on that really, you know, I need to put out. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh there's days, yeah, like there's days where like uh, I'll relapse into a depression, and I'm like, damn, like I know what's going on, mm-hmm. and I'm just not feeling. It. I'm like, you know, I got to write some music about this, you know. So it, it mostly like turns into my inspiration because I use a lot of that shit like as inspiration, you know. That's pretty dope, man. And not many people actually can do that type of stuff, you know. Like not many people can actually recognize when when you're actually feeling depressed or feeling like you're about mm-hmm. to fall off soon you know like yeah. and tackle it right in the in the moment that's actually pretty admirable and let me tell you yeah. um, i don't know I, i'm sorry i'm 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 i apologize if i for for this question but do you take meds or you don't uh no i I every every therapist and doctor that I met with, mm-hmm. I always told them like, don't put me on medicine. Like, I want to get through this like naturally. Boom. It's just so. Boom. It's because um, I you know, there's gonna be a day I wake up like I could wake up tomorrow and that shit will kick me, uh, be in the back of my head just like roaming around, and it's like now I know it's like hey, it's gonna happen for like a day or two, mm-hmm. and you know, just get through it. You know, and I'm like okay, I agree. Like, I, yeah, like there's there's definitely people that need medicine, but I'm not that person. Exactly. You know? 
Yeah. Like I feel bad for the people that have to be on that medicine though. Cause it's like, that's a dependency right there. You know? See, and now you just hit the nail in the coffin on that part, bro. Because I, I have, I, I had that back when I, when I had a shitty job and I was trying to start mm. up as a music producer, everything was just like coming bombarding. I get really, really low. I was lonely in my place, you know, and my place wasn't mm-hmm. the best place. It, it had all sorts of problems. There was like rats coming in and out, you know, even yeah. though my apartment is clean. The AC breaks down. Um, it's hot as hell in Florida. I, oh, I feel bad, man. Oh, bro. And then you get a, I get a 12 hour shift job, you know, on the weekends. So it's like nothing in my life was, you know, Last week's working like, out. Yeah. No, no, man. And I had to learn how to figure that out my, by myself. You know, I, I didn't do anything without it. And I, and I, and I knew I was into that. I know I was into depression and I just figured out like, okay, what is it that I got to do to get me out of this? And then yeah. I started thinking happy stuff. Like, okay, what are the stuff that makes me happy? I love watching anime. Okay, shit. Let me watch a new series. How many episodes are there? Holy shit. There's like 500 episodes of this series. All right. Let me watch first episode. I love it. I want to watch the whole thing. I get yeah, happy. Yeah. I love playing video games once in a while. I love playing Pokemon. I love playing Yu-Gi-Oh. I love playing. I love going out and watch all the Marvel movies, you know, every, yeah, make a yeah. day out of it, you know, with, with my with my yeah. cousins, you know, stuff like that. You know, I started to figure out. I still figure out. It's like, oh, okay. I know what I got to do to get me out of this depression all that i gotta get out of this job i gotta get out of this this um the shitty place and i need to continue to do stuff that makes me happy but obviously for those two for all those things to happen i i have to move forward with certain things like i had to look for a new job i had to look for a new place and it hits once in a while but then after a certain while like zen man (laughs) and 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 yeah. and the thing I was gonna get into it is because I've managed to figure this out on my own, and I'm happy to mm-hmm. hear there's there's people out there that can do this on their own because not many people, like you say, they're very dependent on drugs. And I I I'm I'm in between that because yes, the, there's certain drugs that they that can help you, you know, like for example, yeah. like your head hurts, take a Tylenol that actually helps you out. Yeah, yeah, take a Tylenol like. That there's nothing wrong about it, but ADD, it's okay to take like you know, um, like uh, what are those uh, ADD um, like Ritalin or something? If you if it's very bad, it's okay. So that way you can focus. Now making yep. a habit out of it or depending on it, that's a different ballgame. Trying not to be on that side, you know, because that's yeah. that's where because that's where because then that means that you're drug dependent. Like you can only mm-hmm. function if you're if you're on drugs, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I feel bad for you know a lot of those people because I mean, there's definitely like brain imbalances that get to that point where like yeah. they have to like base their life on that shit. Like I got anxiety ridden friends mm-hmm. that like that that can't get a job because of how bad their anxiety is, man. Really? Like that, yeah, dude. Like it it fucks people up, man. Like. They got to either get like shit faced off of alcohol to be able to function like around people like to talk or like, you know, they're just going to be in their 
in their rooms, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it's, it's a sad reality, but it's like, you know, those medicines can help depending on the person, you know? No, it dep- and, and like I said, it's depending on the person the drugs definitely can help the person, you know, I, I still am a firm believer that if you know, you can do this without it and you know that you can actually mm-hmm. do this, then don't rely on drugs. Just go for it, you know, and, I've never been to a psychiatrist or psychologist, but even I can definitely was able to identify the root cause of all my problems, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes that's, uh, sometimes a lot of people cannot figure that out. And sometimes people will never figure it out. Sometimes people really like don't know why they actually feel like that. It just comes yeah. out naturally. And that, uh, that actually breaks my heart. The fact that, damn, like there's nothing that can that can you know get you out of that funk you know but yeah like the best thing I can tell you is like don't don't rely on drugs just do things that make you happy well I don't have anything that makes you happy everybody in the world has probably have done one thing in their lives that make them feel happy or make them feel smile one thing yeah. there's always that one thing you can't tell me like you hate everything and everything hates you like th- no bro like I can tell you, you love milkshakes. Yeah, I love milkshakes. Oh, there you go. Eat me. Go get yourself a fucking milkshake. Go get yourself a milkshake. Every time you're feeling down yeah. the dumps, get yourself a milkshake. You may gain a few pounds, but hey, you're happy, right? That's yeah, all yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. That's all that matters, yeah. you know? The uh, the thing with me is that uh, I don't like to dwell too much on it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I try not to worry too much about it. Like, I just let it, like, run through its course on a day mm-hmm. where instead of me being like, yo, why the fuck am I depressed today? You know, I'm just mm. like, all right, yo, let's, let's be depressed today. Fuck it. You know, mm. I'll get better tomorrow. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of how I roll. Cause it's like, I don't like worrying too much. Right. You know, like I said, I'm a stress free type of person. Like I take shit on the chin. Like, yeah, like, Oh, this bill's high. Okay. Like I'll, I'll deal with it. Like I'll deal with it. You know, it's just an example. So it's like, Oh, I'm depressed today. Like, I'm going to be down in the dumps, whatever, you know, I'll get through it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like, I don't like being like, oh, I need to get better today. I need to feel better today. Or like, you know, I'm just like, yo, let me like, let me rest up. Let me do my thing. You know, that that's how I take it. Um, And, and I commend and, you, you know, of that, man. I really do, bro. Because not everybody can do what you do, what I do. Like, yeah. They can identify themselves. Like, you know, yeah. if I'm in this situation, I'm in this situation and I just, Pile through or just deal with it, you know. Not many people can yeah. do that. A lot of people just chose to. I guess the word is avoid feeling like that, or like try yeah. to not confront it or hold accountability of it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean everybody's different. You know, um, I, I've been through my fair shit. You know, you probably been through your fair shit. You know, some people haven't been through shit. You know, where they can't really like deal with it. So it's like, it, it's a little bit different. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's definitely very different for everyone else. The good thing about it is that if you know it, if you know how to deal with it, take advantage of it because not, yeah. not everybody's very lucky to uh, uh, mm-hmm. doing stuff like that. It, in relation to that, do you actually get writer's block from it? And do you believe it? Um. So... Um, I used to, yeah, like, like back when I was like younger, I used to freak out about writer's block. 
right nowadays i'm like okay i got tracks ready to release like mm. i don't gotta worry too much but i don't really see it as writer's block i see it as like a fatigue where mm. um where um big shots uh he's not 10 graphs anymore he goes by altair shout um, out to our brother altair man yes sir Mark um, is the best yeah he he actually brought that up when him and i talked about mental health a couple years ago on mm. his stream um about it's uh it's uh, more so writer's fatigue than a writer's block. It's more so like, oh, you've you've like used a lot of your brain, you know. Let it cool down for a little yeah. bit, you know. So it's like I, back then I used to freak out because I'm like, oh, I gotta pump tracks out like daily. Like, come on, let's do it. Nowadays I'm like, I, I'm pretty good, you know. I don't gotta, I don't gotta, you know. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not gonna like brag, but you know, I I got a decent following. You know, I keep up with my followers. You know, mm. I still post. You know. I'm just like, hey, there's going to be music on the way, you know, but I'm not freaking out like, oh, what, what's going to be the release afterwards? Right, like, I can't right. get something out when I get when I make something, I fucking make it. But it's like, I don't I don't stress too much anymore, like with the whole writer's fatigue block thing. And that's very interesting because like you're not the first person that I talk about this that's told me about writer's block being more more like writer's fatigue. You know, I think yeah. I, I think you're right. I think I had. When I'll, when Mark came over to the show, I think we did talk about that in one of in one of the earlier episodes, yeah. like a hundred episode one hundred five or something around there. Yeah, I think we definitely did cover some of that basis about you know, like writer's block isn't really writer's block; it's just that you were tired of it. But I do enjoy listening to everyone's point of view of what yeah. writer's block is because everybody gives me a different definition. Everybody gives me a different answer yeah. to it, you know? Most the most rarest one is that one, the the fatigue, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, it makes more sense on the fatigue level because I'm pretty sure like when you're right you're not feeling well or you're you're trying to write stuff and enough it comes fault, it's it's not laziness and it's not you're like mentally black. It's just like you're you squeeze yourself so much of your yeah. juices that Nothing's yeah. coming up. I don't I don't like I don't like overwhelming or uh burning myself out. Right. You know? So like when I definitely like see that I can't make anything, I just mm -hmm. exit out. You know, uh um I exit out and I'm like, okay, let me get let me try to get back into it the next day. And just because I've had a lot of experiences of um younger me would freak out about it and I'd be like, I need to get another track done. I need to make right. sure I'm up there, like done, ready to go. And I used to like, I used to really stress the fuck out about like getting tracks out there because it's like, um, I used to really think like, yeah, the industry is a rapid thing. Like people are gonna forget about me. Like I'm getting anxious. I'm like, oh fuck, no one's gonna know who foreign oh, is by next week if I don't release freeze, something. Freeze. Yeah, fuck no. I, I'm dope as shit. Like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll fucking, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I, I, people will know who I am next week nowadays. You know, like I, I know, like I'm cooling. You know, not, not to, not to like be big dog over here, but it's like you know, I'm, I'm definitely out of that like anxious feeling where people are gonna forget who I was because I didn't upload this month. Right. I think my last track I uploaded like eight to nine months ago. I, I could look really quick. Like, I don't upload like that much. I, I try to like upload music that has or I try to make music that has a little bit more replay value. Yeah. So I don't I don't have to um upload all the time. Yeah. Nine months ago uh was uh relapse 
on a Crows and Salih volume four. Like I make, I make sure that my tracks, you know, people can play them over and over again. Yeah, I'm, tr- I'm looking, I'm looking over my track. I mean, I post every day on my channel, on my, on my SoundCloud, the, the podcast, you know. But actual, yeah. actual track, I'm trying to look over, and damn, I can't even. There you go. Nine months ago was the last time yeah. I released an original, you know. Yeah, and I mean, it, and if it has replay play value, you're all good. Yeah, it's all. A, I I'd rather have a track have replay value where I can listen to it over and over again and not feel like a a fatigue or like oh I'm fucking exactly. sick of this track already. Yes. I, I'd rather be like holy shit, this is sick. Like um, I listen to a lot of metal. Um, and there's a song from Vela Maya called Mikasa, and I I've been listening to that shit on repeat since 2019. Yo. Like it's still it's still one of my like daily listens, and I I'm not sick of it. It's the replay value is very important. Like people will be like, oh, consistency is the key, but now nowadays it's back to the quality of the music for you to really like mm. get out there again. You know what I mean? Right. People want more quality in, in music, I feel like. They they want more emotion back in the tracks instead of um you know, instead of, you know, the lifeless shit we've been hearing for the past couple of years. You know, not trying to attack the scene or, you know, the listeners, but it's like it's something that I've noticed over the course of the couple of years. That's actually a very good point that you pointed out. Um yeah, that many, many yeah, like I feel that whole concept of consistency is there, but what do you value more, quality or quantity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's the. Th- I'm a, I'm a big quality guy. You know, uh, a lot of my favorite artists don't release all the time. You know, and when they do release something, I I'm like fuck yeah, let's go. Like yes, like I get to hear some new shit from them, and it's great. And then yeah. maybe it'll be another couple months, maybe a year. You know, and I'm all for it. You know, like I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big quality guy. You know, I don't want to hear the same sustained bass with like a, like a synth on top of it, you know, with a vocal sample. That's like, you know, um, let's get rowdy in this bitch or some shit like that. You know, like I'm not, you know, I'm trying to listen to music. I, I listen to music, you know, I don't want to say I listen to, um, I don't listen to a genre. I listen to music. That's actually, that, that's the best that's yeah. the best way to say it. That's actually a very good point, especially from the producer standpoint. You know, not many people can actually differentiate themselves like where they're listening to a genre or making a genre versus actually making music overall. It's just like I just don't define myself that I'm a dubstep producer. No, I define myself <clears> as <throat> an artist, as a producer, yeah. as a someone who Yeah, I'm a musician. Does. Yeah, exactly. That's why like a lot of people um, I'm okay when they turn around and they're being, you know, trapped people their whole lives and all of a sudden they're making house music. Like, I may not, I may not fuck with it because I feel like it's boring, but mm-hmm. the fact that it's making them happy and they're doing something yeah. different is like, hey, kudos, go yeah. get it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I and I and I and I like when I see a lot of bass producers who does house music now as well, because like that's good, guys. That's good. Like, like fuck anybody who tells you like, nah, stick to dubstep. Nah, stick to this. Now fuck like, that. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. How how about you just support the artist? The fact that they're doing something 
completely different out of their feel and it sounds dope. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I will say uh, um, big shouts to Inhuman. Uh, he is very big on me being creative. You know, he doesn't want, you know, just the usual shit that, you know, that I made. He doesn't want another, um, um, for people that are listening that might know it, uh, another Black Sunny P. He wants something new and refreshing mm. from me. Every time I send him something, he he wa- he wants it to be new. I send him some out of the blue shit that's like not dubstep, mm-hmm. and he's like, "This is fucking sick." He's like, "Make more of this." He's like, "Keep going." I'm like, "Fuck yeah, man!" Yeah. Like I'm all for it, you know. Like um, I am like I I am guilty. I've I've made tracks that have sustained bases with some with some with some synths on it. I will say that, but it's something that I don't repeat. You know what I mean? Mm. Every every track that I make, I try to make it different from the other one. I'm a very simple man, and I and I mm-hmm. like I don't, I I I love making dubstep, whether it's tear out yeah. or or melodic. I I yeah. I fuck heavily with the melodic dubstep, man. Cause Same, because like it's so magic. It's so like it, you can do so much in there, man. And then you also, mm-hmm. if you decided to like, ah, let me just throw in a tear apart and just like rip it. It's just like, why yeah. not? Why not? It gives you so many liberties to do such a thing, man. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I like, love uh, it. Yeah. I, um, uh, when are you going to be uh, uploading this, by the way? Um, do you have it on a day-to-day basis, by the way? Uh, I have it on a weekly basis. So this, okay. this will get aired by probably next month. Okay, it's, it's so I, it might be a little bit later next month, maybe the month after. Um, I'll be like, I have a, I have like a melodic track with trance at the end, you know, like, like it's like my, my, Bruh. like my usual like guns, but in the terms of some melodic shit to it, you know, like it's a big mixture of stuff. And then we're uh, my collaborator, Digital Reject. We're like, fuck it, let's do some trance at the end. Like, fuck a second drop. Like, let's do it. Let's do a whole experience. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's great. Um, and that's the big thing about music is like, and being an artist is your creative freedom that you have when you know, like, fuck the rules. Like, you don't need to be an industry standard. Yes. You, you, you break that industry standard and you become your own standard. Yes. You know what I mean? Don't fo- don't follow the trend. Be the trend, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm my own trend. Like people, you know, like um, I, people are like, "Oh, it sounds like this." I'm like, "No, it doesn't. It sounds like foreign." Like, what are you talking about? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And that's something that I preach about um to a lot of people who are trying to rise up. You know, it's always good to sound you. You don't want to be associated or known by like, oh yeah, yeah. you kind of sound like Bandles. You kind of sound like 12. Mm-hmm. You kind of sound like Zombo. You kind of sound like Virtual Riot or, or Sun mm-hmm. Dev or whoever, you you know. Like, no, you want to sound like you, like you're foreign. Yeah. I'm Wolfson. That's my sound. That's it. Yeah. And nobody, nobody like that, you know. And that's when I, I tell a lot of these kids or, or every, well, anybody below my age is a kid. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, tell these kids that if you want to stand out, the simplest way to do it is by sound designing, and Mm -hmm. and not just. And when I say sound designing, it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, I need to create a sound from Serum or Faceplant or Vital or Massive, Mm -hmm. whichever 
plug in your yields. Like not necessarily. Like it's dope if you can do it. Absolutely. But I have an issue with serum in which serum made it like an industry standard to everybody that it's very easy to do a simple growl or simple sample yeah. or not. I hate that. I hate the fact that it made, made it easy. I mean, it's good. It's good that everybody has access to it and make it happen. But at, at a certain point, it becomes a little bit the same. Everybody yeah. starts to sound the same. Everybody knows the cleanest way to do it is by, you know, FM, FM to B, you know, like mm-hmm. basic shapes. Basic shapes is the cleanest way to do, you know, simple stuff, you know. Yeah. So how long are we going to keep doing that stuff, you know? That's where I yeah. tell people, all right, how about this? How about this? Do basic shades, create whatever the sound that you want to create. Resample. Resample. Resample the fuck out of it. Add mm-hmm. layers. Add effects. Add other stuff like a, like I do. I add a granulator synthesizers on top of the resamples. And sometimes yep. makes the most gnarliest and glitchiest sounds ever that mm-hmm. I would never imagine. But like my last, my last song was very original. Everything I did it was just resample, 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 layering, layering, mm-hmm. layering, resample effects, and then for some reason it just makes sense. It's just like for that one yeah. sound. I learned that from a lot of artists like Moldstep and Crimson Child and Careless Castle. Like they all mm-hmm. do this this whole trend, and it's like, dude, it makes fucking sense. See, guys, yeah. do this. This is the way for you to stand out from others. Instead of being mm-hmm. that regular dubstep guy that does serum, fucking resample, make something. Out of it. In fact, make your life even easier. Just drag any random splice sample. Make a drop out of that one sample. Yeah. You will never. You bro, you wouldn't know the potential you will have. Yeah. Um, I will say though, like definitely like that's I would say that's a bigger tip for people that kind of know how to do all of that. I I give I give like a an okay for like newer artists that um for example, like I started when like Getter was still on Firepower Records and wow. he was still doing he was still doing like the heavier growlier shit. Yeah. When I was younger, I was like, oh, I want to do shit Getter did. Or mm-hmm. um, I was just getting into Code Pandorum. Oh. And I was oh. like, I was like, I was like, oh, I want to make shit like this. And so like I would try to make that type of sounds. Uh-huh. And then I would use all of that knowledge years later to make my own. So like I, I would say definitely like um when you're when you're first starting out and like you want to learn try to try to replicate shit but don't like don't overuse it mm-hmm. start using that knowledge of you trying to learn right. those like sound designs and make your own in a couple of years that's how I that's that's how um that's how I did it like once I got like my own formula down yeah yeah, absolutely, man. And in and in and in that notion, like, do you believe as a producer, sound designer, is it a luxury or a necessity? I would say 50-50 because I'm really into old school shit that's like very minimum but super heavy. Mm. Like, for example, uh, I have this playlist. Let me see. Um, there's, uh, do you know, sixteen bit? So, like, their song "Freezer 9000. Super, super simple of a drop, 
but it just goes so hard. Like, like it, the song is how old? Let me, let me look at it really quick. The song was from 2011. It, that's 11 years from now. I'm, I'm still playing that shit out. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it pops out and it's like not crazy sound design. It's not crazy, crazy sound design now, but back then that right. shit was crazy back then. But I still, I still play that shit out like it's fresh. Like, Damn, so I would, hard. I would say it's a 50 50 because really sick sound design, mm-hmm. a lot of people will pay attention. But sometimes it doesn't need to be super crazy shit. Sometimes simplicity is key, you know? Um, for example, of like people that really like people's sound design, Space Laces, Moody Good, Fizo, um, Ominous is a big guy because uh his like his sound design is very like signature. And I feel like a lot of people want, like to re- replicate Ominous's sound design for yeah. sure. Um so it another one is like sudden death. Like you could tell what a sudden death sound is. You could tell what a moody good, like sound design is or space laces, you know? So I would say it's definitely like a necessity, but also it's a luxury at the same time. That's why I give it that 50, 50. I always, I always looked at it more. And by the way, there's no right or wrong on this. answer. Like everybody has their, their opinions of it. And and then and and it, it also made sense, you know. So to each their own on that, but I will never question it, like because everybody, yeah, will always give me a different answer with that. Um, yeah, my my take out of it is that, like, I feel like it is a necessity. It's not. It shouldn't be a luxury. It should be a necessity for everybody who's trying to, mm-hmm. you know, stand out from others. But mm-hmm. should it be like your number one priority? No, I feel like it's. Yeah. It's okay to be in the top five. I put it in my top three. But your number one priority should be s- song structure and then mids and mastering. Or more, yeah. more, more importantly, mids and mastering because mastering, there are times in which you don't need to master my tracks. You can yep. if you if your mids is really, really good, mm. all you just all you just gotta do is just slap a a limiter or a glue compressor or mastering level into the master mm-hmm. chain and boom. You got it. Like. Yeah. So mastering isn't really, really a necessity. Before back then, yes, it is. But now, now it's like, whatever. Like nobody gives a shit about the mastering. Yeah. I mean, there's some tracks where like I try to master and I'm like, oh, I'm not getting it down. So I'm like, yeah, fuck it. It sounds it sounds fine, you know, without it. And some of my songs, some of my latest songs, like I haven't mastered them at all. I just mixed mm-hmm. them very good and and made them very loud, loud enough that people could like, holy crap, bro! This actually looks like tight as fuck. It looks big and dynamic range and all that crap. It's just like, I I missed it, you know, because ma- mastering yeah. for me, I don't know. I I have I have like a I have a give and take with mastering, man. I have a I don't know whether whether mastering is really really worth it or and sometimes I feel mastering is like pointless. You know, it it's all di- it's all different for for everybody. I don't know. Yeah. I I mainly use mastering for polishing um overall frequencies. Mm. So, um maybe it might be just one EQ that I have to throw on the master just to you know, edge a little th- a couple things down, um give it an even mix, you know. I I make sure uh, when I master, I'm not piercing my ears. You know, mm-hmm. I, I 
these are my babies yeah under these you know yeah i gotta make sure i take care of them you know yeah you need you make your we make our monies with with these with these ears you know like the more yeah the more you fuck up your ears is like that there goes your money yeah yeah i mean i don't i don't go to a lot of shows but i definitely need to uh Invest in like some high grade like earplugs for when I go to shows for sure though. Oh, actually, you don't really need to invest that much. Like the earplugs that I have, they're called dubs, man. I only spend like mm-hmm. 20 bucks out of them, man. And huh? bro, bro, they're those earplugs are the best of the best. You can get them anywhere, even on Amazon. 20 bucks, like. And I yeah. guarantee you that that's like the best 20 bucks you can ever have, man. When you're in the clubs, you put those bad boys on, man. Man, they'll protect your eardrums all the way, man. And you can still hear, you can still hear them. You can still hear the music, but it'll protect them very, very much, man. And he, and even sure. even even you can actually use them for, for DJing to say that it's your turn on your set and mm-hmm. You you got your fucking monitors blasting over to you with your headphones. I uh I actually just throw my headphones on. Like I turn the cues off and I put my headphones on because I'm like, yo, this is too loud right now. Yeah, like, no, no, I I I go old school DJing, which like I need to have like one ear out mm-hmm. and one ear open. But over the years, yeah. it's like people don't realize that with with those monitors blasting over to you like it it will fuck up your ears on the long yeah. run so that's why i put my my earplugs those specific earplugs and i can put that on my headphones and i can still hear them and at the same time i'm protecting my ears so it's not fucking it up at all yeah so yeah man like t- check those out the like, dubs that's that's what it's called d-u-b-s for sure yeah i'll definitely look at those Absolutely. i might need a I'll definitely look into them. I've I've known a couple uh like brands. It's just I need to like look into them. That's all. Right. Right. Now, are you are you actually like doing are you performing a lot a lot of shows lately? Are you actually being a promoter slash DJ route? So um I took a couple months of a break um mm-hmm. just because uh I will say the industry got to me. So mm-hmm. like I I was like, fuck it. I don't want to do shows for a couple of months. Right. Um, so after like November of last year until like July, I stopped taking shows. Mm-hmm. So back in July, I just played the guilt in Orlando. Dope. Dope. Yeah. So um big shouts to Bass Ascension. Or um that's their that's their event it's base night their um their events are called ascension mondays big oh. shouts to lauren fucking super dope guy he he's a super nice dude when uh when i went to florida he was like you're not fucking ready for what's about to happen tonight and i'm not i'm not um i'm not i don't express too much mm-hmm. um you know i i keep all of that in on show day you know when i'm on stage i make sure that it's all out and so I'm like, oh, I bet he's like, dude, you don't even know. Like he's like hyping it up and everything, and it, it was deserved hype. Like, right. dude, it got packed out before I got on. Like it was dope. It was my first ever Florida show, and uh, it was a debut headliner at the Guilt, which is super dope for me. Um, and then I have a 
Then I have two shows in October in Pennsylvania. Um, but that's kind of it at the moment. Um, but I am actively taking bookings now. That's pretty dope. That's pretty dope, man. So you're so you're not even include you don't you don't <laughs> associate yourself with the with the promoters anymore. Like you're just now a fully booked artist. Like if you want to book me, you gotta book me just to play at this show, and that's it. Uh, yeah, I I've never like had to be a promoter uh, anywhere where I live. So I'm in the I'm in central Pennsylvania. There are no venues around me at all. Oh, the uh, yeah. So when I have to play when I play a show that's the closest to me, it's about hour and a half to like four hours of a drive. Yo. Yeah. So there's there's nothing here. So. I've never really had to do the whole promoter sell tickets to play a show thing. I will never do a fucking ticket deal. I I will say that fuck ticket deal promoters. Honestly, I will never do that shit. Like I will, I'll play, I'll, I'll play, but I'm not going to be fucking hustling and selling tickets for you. You know, I, I'll play a good ass set, you know, <laughs> like I know I can supply a good ass set, a good ass night for the people coming, but it's like, Yeah, I don't I don't care if that turns people down that oh it sounds like you can't sell tickets. How you fuck right off, all right? Like you you come to me and tell me, hey, it's a ticket deal. I'm gonna tell you to suck my dick personally. Like reach. Yeah, like that that shit needs to stop. Like you sound like you don't know how to throw shows properly if you're telling the artist to sell tickets. Like <laughs> oh my god. If if only you knew how it is here in South Florida. Well, I don't know how it is in Central Florida, but I know in South Florida it is like that, bro. Like Yeah, no, I mean, um Lauren didn't bring anything up about ticket sales or anything at all. Like he he's a he's a promoter. He's how a promoter should be. Like a really good dude. And did he pay you for for the booking or did he pay you via like uh, let me get you an airplane ticket and come over and hang? It was my first show, so yes, we, him and I, um, him and I negotiated. So yeah, like I, I got paid, I got a ticket, all that good stuff. Like okay. I make sure I, I make sure I get taken care of. That's good. That's good. But, man. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't let my manager know I said that. He might kick my ass. <laughs> 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 I, I I can't talk I can't talk numbers or anything. We don't need <laughs> uh, to talk I, about numbers. Yeah, I yeah, he'll 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 kick my fucking ass. <laughs> I just want to make sure that you were taken care of. Yeah. Oh, I make I make sure I make sure that's good because let me tell you, and this is my personal experience as well, and I see this a lot more right now. That's happening. And it's something that I was also thinking about it today, coincidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole notion about being a, a promoter recruiting you and say you're a DJ or you do this. Uh, all right, but like here's what you gotta do: do a few shows, uh, like promote a few shows, sell tickets, and post on social media, and I'll put you on the lineup. I I was thinking about this today. I said that shit has to die like that shit has to be yeah. no more because fucking a i went through that i went through that yeah. i had to sell stuff because i didn't know i didn't know yeah. where it was i was new i was new in miami i didn't know how the game really works and if yeah. i if i knew the stuff if i knew the stuff that i know now i i encourage people and i will go back in time and tell everybody Do not fucking promote. 
to not be a TJ Provo. Needless to say, I, I didn't have a bad experience. I, I was taken care of in a matter. Like the, the promoters I fuck with, they did took care of me and they did promise and deliver what they what they promised me for it. That's that that I have no regrets on that. That being said, I wish I wish I could have spent all those hours of promoting and spending and you know flyers handing out. I wish I could have used those hours of mastering my own craft. Yeah. Than to do all that crap. Because in the long mm -hmm. run, as I saw as I see it, I could have gone way much more better off if I would have just stick um mastering my own craft. And I could have been much more better off instead of wasting my time on doing that. And I tell that to everybody. Guys, do not, do not become a DJ promoter. Like, no. Like, if they want to book you, make sure that they book you because you're dope, you're talented, you're humble, and you got and you got all the skills to qualify for, for it. And yeah, and if they're going to give you some sort of compensation, they better give you a compensation like that. I cannot speak numbers, but it better be something. It better be yep. some sort of a compensation, not like Here's 10 tickets. Go ahead and sell it. You keep the money and that's your compensation. Fuck that, bro. Fuck that. And, and I was yeah. thinking about this today. It's like, bro, like I wish I could go back in time and tell my own myself, my younger self, like five, five, seven years ago and say, God, yo, yo, when this Life in Color tweet is about to go out, ignore it. Just focus on your music. You're going to be all right. Just focus on yeah. your music and Keep it going, bro. Keep it going and you'll be well up because the whole thing is that you want the people to look at you. You looking at them. It shouldn't be like that. They should be looking at you and they should be booking at you, you know? Yeah. And I wish I learned that lesson uh, early on, but, and I tell this now to the to the newcomers, guys, don't fuck, fuck yeah. the whole DJ. Don't, don't. Don't fall for that ticket sale no, shit. Honestly. No, don't fail for it, and don't and don't actually like do it. Like, don't actually go ahead and be a a local, one of those locals that open up for some of these DJs. Well, it is dope to put your name on it, you know, but you're much more better off if mm. you be the headliner instead of being the opener for the headliner, and that's what you're only yeah. gonna be known at, you know. Someone sometimes. Yeah. Some of these locals, I'm not throwing shit on any of my locals. I'm not, I'm not doing that, guys. Hear me out. Some of these locals, they're talented as fuck, but I feel like their talents could be used elsewhere than just being an opener of a of a local set. They could be actually the headliner instead of them opening for the headliner, you know? And yeah. I guess that there's times in which sure we need some local support in order, you know, to fill in the room and And, you know, give the headliner some breather. So when the headliner comes, you know, it tats. Some of these kids don't know how the roads really work. And it's up to us to let them know, say, hey, guys, yeah, you can actually make it without even selling one ticket, promoting yeah. one ticket. Like you can actually make it by just being a talented producer, talented DJ and overall and show them how good you are and how 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 fast track you are heading out. You know? Yeah. I mean, we we've all been through our our personal shit with shows where we could give that information to newcomers because a lot of newcomers i mean you know they got pure intentions of you know wanting to play a good show yeah. and you gotta you gotta make sure um 
got to make sure that, you know, they're not being exploited, you know? Yeah. Thankfully, I will, uh, thankfully, I will say though, like, I've never been pushed to promote. Um, I always do promote my flyers. Like, I promote every show that mm-hmm. I play, of course, where I'm like, yo, I'm playing this and I'll, I'll, I won't just make one post, you know, I'll make sure I do a couple posts to get the word out, you know, right. like, I, I, um, and, The the good thing is when you respect a promoter because of their good intentions and their good motives, you feel like you want to push that show. Mm -hmm. You know, I will say that when you have good chemistry with the promoter and you see that they're a good promoter and they know how to treat people right, you're going to be like, this dude deserves to, to, you know, be able to fill a room out. So fuck it. I'm going to share it. You know, there, there are. There are people that do deserve the share, but then it's like if they're like the dickhead, oh, you gotta sell the tickets, man. It's like, no, that's not that's not how that should work, man. Like those people aren't gonna come back to the show because it's like it might be just your friends coming to see you. Yeah. Because you had to you had to sell those tickets. Yeah. And then and then when you're as and when you're the one of those openers. The people really don't give a shit about who's opening who. Like, you know, they only came, they paid tickets to see the headliner. It's just, yeah. that's the sad reality of it. They only pay to see the headliner. If it's a lineup in which everybody's like on an equal grounds, then mm-hmm. that's different. That's different, you know? But when it's, you know, let's just say in the example of, oh, Getter's doing this show and then here's your local support, people don't really give a shit about the, local support they only want to see getter that's what they pay for you know and mind you there could be some dope locals opening for yeah. ghetto there is yeah yeah but people are not going to remember you i will say um so i opened for subtronics once mm-hmm. um so it was when he was doing the pavement raves back in uh late 2020 mm-hmm. Um, when he was doing like the uh, drive-in show raves, yeah. you know, at the, like you know those drive-in theater places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so um, I opened for him, and uh, this is just a personal experience because you're kind of right, like in some aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, but granted, in that scale, you know, everyone got the same amount of treatment um, of stage production, visuals, and everything, because. Mm. Um, I was really the only one that wasn't really a part of their crew that was kind of doing the shows around. Um, you know, I was, I was basically like someone that wasn't in the group doing like the pavement rave tour. So right. I, I got like, I thankfully got that position to open cause it was pretty dope. I will say it was dope to be on that stage. Um, not everybody was there, you know? And I and sometimes you're kind of right. A lot of people don't give a shit about the uh, openers, and it really sucks because like some of these openers are fucking sick. Yeah, like I will say, yeah. like some people some people have good song choices, um, good DJs and whatnot, and IDs um, as well. Sometimes some yeah. of these produce these you know openers, they make their own music and they and they only play their own music or they play their homies' music, which is also yeah. dope. And they only promote their each other. And that's it. There's not one, you know, some that say, oh, I've already heard this song before. Like, no, yeah. they're all different. Yeah. I, uh, when I played down here at the Gill, I made sure to catch everybody's set. You know, even the person that was closing after me, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I do have work in the morning, but I'm going to be here for a little bit of your set, you know? And I, I wanted to hear everybody and I wanted to get to know what their styles were. 
Sorry to cough there. I've been like I've been like muting it the whole time, you know, just in case. I don't oh, want no. it to like come through. It no, you're doing a good job out of it. Like I don't know if it's uh, the suppressor that, that that's actually like muting the the cough or it's yeah. actually you. Yeah, uh, no, I'm manually muting it like just oh. in case. Yeah, I don't want it to like at least come through like once for you. Um <laughs> but yeah, like I I I was there for everybody. Um in you know I I like to I like to get to know the artists and like I like to you know get to know the DJs and see what they're playing you know and I'm not worried um now this is a different topic but it also kind of comes back to an opener mm-hmm. you know that uh thing where like he- some headliners bitch and moan about uh, openers going harder than them oh my god bro yeah I I told yeah I told them I was like I was like dude Go hard, go as hard as you want. I want, yeah. I want you to enjoy yourself. I was like, play whatever the fuck you want, even if it's some hard shit. Enjoy yourself, you know. And it's because I'm confident in my ability to have a good night, you know. Exactly. I, yeah, like I can, I can confidently say I, I made their night great. You know, I made that fucking Ascension Mondays a fucking good night. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, I'm not the biggest of guy. All right. I'm not like some crazy ass headliner. I know that, you know, but if I ever do headline a show, right. I don't give a shit what people play. I want people to fucking do their thing. I want them to be them. Right. You know, they don't have to, they don't have to like mask um, who they have to be. Like, for example, um, you do you know Chime? So I did a two, two day Pennsylvania stop with Chime and both nights I fucking played my like tear out shit. I did it with virtual riot as well. Like, <laughs> like I played, I played heavy shit, but it worked, you know? And it's like, you know, the, you don't need to have limits for the night to be good, mm-hmm. you know? Not and I mean, granted, like at the time, you know, even at the time then uh, people know who, you know, I was and know what I play out. So it might be a bit different, you know? So I I'm, I'm kind of basing it on. Yeah. People, do kind of know what I play out so they know what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, like even though I'm playing like tear out or some like heavier track than the, than the headliner, they're still putting on really good fucking shows. They have good crowd control, good like energy control. You know, their presence is great. You know, if a headliner is bitching, they're just not doing their job right. You know, Thank you. I, I was about to say, like most of these headliners, when they say shit like that, they're just yeah. a bunch of bitches, to be honest. Yeah, like, yeah. That's just drama bitches. You know what? Let me tell you a story. The last show that I did, you know, before I stopped DJing and focus on my shit uh, was opening for Borgor, you know? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. No, that was a, that was I left. I ended that show with a note, you know? And mm-hmm. the promoter came back to me saying, like, hey, um, I need your SoundCloud so I can set it to Borgor's people. I'm like, uh, sure, no problem. Here's here's my SoundCloud. Yeah. They came back to me saying, hey, so just so you know, like, they, Borgor's people want you to play nothing that's bass, only house music. What? What? Yeah, what like, the fuck? What? Like, yeah, no, they don't want you to go hard on um before Borgor. I'm like, yeah, I don't. I'm not a house DJ. I'm a bass DJ. Like, I play yeah trap dubstep and 
and yeah. whatnot, bro. Like you can't just go ahead and say to me, like, yeah, just play how just play his house for Borgor, you know, so I don't go over. It's like, no, fuck him. Like honestly, I that was the day that I, like I legit stopped listening to Borgor or or stop, you know, following him because it really pissed me off that that he had the audacity to or or his team or yeah. whoever had the audacity to call him say like no because you're a bass producer you need to play house it's like that sh- makes no sense and they say and so was, at that day I played bass and I played yeah. I played 10 of my songs and a couple of others and at that time it was a time where my brother Nitty Greedy shout out to him um he was rising up and I had him over on my stage and I put out and I put out some of his strats and our collab in it, you know, and I, I literally put the middle finger on Borgor overall saying like, motherfucker, you can't go ahead and tell me what I can or cannot play just yeah. because, just because you're afraid or you're insecurity that I'm, I may actually have a great show than you. Like that's your own security. If you know, you, yeah. if you know that you cannot have other people play over you, that's because your sets are weak, that your songs are weak and that you need something to like push, push the envelope in order for people to captivate it, you know? And yeah. And since then I've been following that whole trend about like, you know, fuck all these, all these cry babies who say like, nah, you don't ever go over. It's like, you know what? If I'm a headliner, I welcome it. I welcome it because I, like you say, you want people to have fun. But I want people for them to actually, you know, to show people their energy. Show yeah. them. How's it going to be? How's it going to be a benefit for the opener to be on that show if they can't show off who they are? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, so we got to cater down to whatever the artist says. No, oh, fuck that. There are yeah. ways. There are ways to to go hard without, you know, overstepping the bounds to the to the headliner. There are ways, mm-hmm. absolutely, and and still you can still go even harder by not playing any of the songs that you know they will play. That there, like I said, there's ways. There's ways. I say I always welcome it. I always will go hard, man, because it get at least in my perspective, it gives me a a sort of a competition. You know, it's like yeah. oh shit, you you went harder than me. Damn, I need to step up my game. I need to. Yeah. F- all right. I cannot open it with this song. I need to open it with this song. <laughs> and then we and then we leave a mark with it, you know? Yeah. So stuff like that, bro. Like I mean, uh, the goodies that I have, I I don't worry, you know. I mean, everybody's set is different, you know. Yeah. And I just know like I, I I would say, you know, outside of just being a DJ, I perform with my set, you know. I, I talk, I, I talk to the crowd. I interact with them. Like, um, you know, I make sure, you know, they can be involved in it, you know, and I try to be, you know, not just someone that's pressing play and transitioning, right. you know, I try to make sure, you know, me, I'm jumping around with the crowd, you know, I'm interacting with them being like, yo, what the fuck is up? You know, they go, ah, you know, like I, I, you know, um, the last song I played, I, I went into the crowd and like jumped around with them, you know, shit like oh, that. Like, shit. yeah. Like I, I, I try to, I try to be with the crowd as well. And, you know, I, I can confidently say like, you know, I don't got to worry about, what other people are playing because I know that I'm going to 
have a good set. Mm-hmm. You know, there, I mean, but there, there is a, there's a pre-show nerve where you're just like, oh, fuck, are people going to fuck with my set? Like when, when I was playing, um, for example, um, actually a lot of the shows that I play, um, sometimes uh, a couple of the DJs before me, right. they play either like rhythm or like Wook bass. Mm. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, I got shit from like Crow's Nest on my USB. Like, I'm like, I got like heavy shit on here. I'm like, are people going to like fuck with this? <laughs> so I'm like asking, I'm asking my friends that are from around. I'm like, yo, are they going to like fuck with what I play out? And they're like, dude, yeah. Like, don't worry. I'm like, okay. So like, I get nervous right before I click play. But, um, you know, before I click play, I'm always like, um, what's up? I'm foreign. I play a mixture of heavy electronic music, you know, like I let them know what's about to happen. But, you know, there's different definitions from everybody that says heavy electronic music. You know what I mean? Like, I'll start out with a fucking metal track, you know, like (laughs) I don't I'll fucking go hard straight from the beginning. You know, there's all different types of like heavy it could be the flow it could be just the sounds in general um for example um do you know muerte i've heard yeah I've like heard, so- i've heard only a few i haven't heard i've heard his name i haven't yeah. got the chance to listen to his music mm-hmm. so people some talk of, all good about him yeah so some of the songs they're fucking heavy hitters mm. but they're not like crazy like noises with nutty ass like gun synths with some crazy grouse mm. they're really like bass heavy and but they they just they have that like grit to them right and and i i don't know the best way to explain it but like that's another type of heavy you know that can mix in with like some midnight tyrannosaurus you know oh shit yeah yeah so like it it could go from you know this like deep bass fucking this fucking midnight tea where you're you know, like I'm very big on on like um, sequencing my tracks mm-hmm. in, in my set list. I, I I plan I plan my sets um, the way I want. I know a lot of people don't do that, where they'll just play tracks. But right. it's like I want this track to mix with this track because I think this this would mix in well. You know, yeah. I, I sit down and be like, okay, what fucking fire am I? my showing them tonight you know like <laughs> yeah like uh, i i will say a part of my set is a a list of originals mm-hmm. and then friends and favorites so um i do have like a sequence of like how i show my tracks off for sure okay. because a lot of my tracks i would say all have different vibes from my newest stuff to some of my older stuff um some of it can be more rhythmic um in 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 grit some of it is more like heavy hitting and and i gotta somehow sequence them right for me to mix them in right because some tracks they they won't mix in perfectly that's where you gotta find the middle ground and stuff like that yeah man i like that i fuck i fuck with it a lot man especially those unique original sets and how you manage to actually like yeah playlist them you know and I hate when people actually have an issue with, you know, organizing your sets and and try to go with the flow or feel or go with what your what you know what words and have because you have already a playlist in which you already know that like, you can play this from beginning to end and the set was dope. 
And I hate mm-hmm. when people criticize about that. It's like, dude, like, did you enjoy the set? That that's all that matters. Like, who, yeah, who gives a shit if if yeah. it's like pre pre real re, pre playlist, you know, that goes song to yeah. song. Now you should go about if the whole thing was already pre recorded and all he's doing is just making the show. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't pre record. I feel like it'd be boring up there. Because if you're just standing up there for 45 minutes to an hour, to an hour and a half, depending, why would you just like let one thing play, you know, and act like you're like faking it, you know? I feel like that's a part of the fun of uh, mixing it in. Because um, it's dead. Really yeah. 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 Because like if you fuck up, you fuck up. You yeah, know? exactly. So it's like you're like, oh, shit, let me make sure this shit's like good. You know, sure. Um, sure. Like pre-recorded, you don't got to worry about fucking up but it's like eh, i don't mind fucking up every now and then because yeah. i'll fuck up and i'll be like yo i fucked up my bad like i'll, I'll be like yo my bad y'all <laughs> yeah. or I'll, or i'll talk to the crowd i'll be like yo you heard that shit like that was not good <laughs> like i'll transition <laughs> into the track see and, and that's a great way to break the ice just to go and say see guys uh, it, it happens to yeah. everybody. i'm not perfect but guess mm-hmm. what you're having a good time right bam yeah. that's all that matters that's all that matters yeah Mm-hmm. What wouldn't be that be funny that on pre-recorded set he actually fucks it up and and still like oh yeah I fuck it up ah uh, <laughs> in the pre-recorded set <laughs> I would say so they have to have it on at least one CDJ yes um I press Q a fuck ton yeah in, in, in counting um in transitioning. You know, there's times where I cue the wrong track and it stops and I'm like, oh, fuck, wrong song. You know, I always thought about, you know, if a pre-recorded set gets cued live, like then you're like, oh, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't have that problem because I'll pre-record my shit. So I don't know (laughs) what would happen, you know, so (laughs) I'm cooling. (laughs) No, I I have I have memory cue plus hot cues. Yep. Like yep. there are times in which I feel like the first intro and then you immediately go with the second drop, it goes just perfectly, you know? Mm-hmm. And and that just makes it very unique to the set. It's like, oh fuck, I was expecting this, but no, you got me this, you know. Whoa, mm-hmm. you know, the wow factor and all that, you know, and yeah, bro. Like I have everything all queued up with colors and everything looking pretty, just so you know. Like when the county is like, okay, when this shit hits, like, all right, this is when you start yeah, yeah, yeah. mixing and whatnot, bro. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's just part of it. It's just that's the fun of it, you know, the whole mm-hmm. mixing aspect. You know, the the adrenaline kicks in and you start going like, ooh, let's go, let's yeah. go. Like I when when I go through my selection of tracks. You, you'll probably fucking catch me smiling because I'm like, oh shit, this song's about to be yeah. out next. Like, oh, like I get, like I'm, I'm so excited with all the tracks that I play out. You know, I, I enjoy every track that I play. You know, I make sure they don't bore me. I'm, I'm very picky with my song selection, so I feel like if I like that song, they're gonna like that song. You know, like, That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, in, you know, I'm. Like I said, I'm pretty picky, so it's like it takes a little bit to shape my sets, I will say. Once I do, I do. And it's like my favorite set ever. 
And and you said yourself that most of your citizens, all the majority of that are just originals and IDs from your homies. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, let me let me look. Yeah, about like half of my set was originals. Mm -hmm. And then I have tracks from unreleased music from my friends and some songs that are released that some people might know. You know, I don't play like tracks. The only the only tracks that I would say that people might know are like a Marotta track or a Midnight Tea track that I have. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but I try to play the tr uh, I, I try to play the tracks that aren't like being played all the time. Right. So, um, but yeah, most of the tracks that I have are usually just unreleased goodies, just because you know I want to I want to show off my friends. You know, I want to get and like if someone records this part of the set, I could be like, yo, look what I got. I got a video Fire. for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I like, I love, I love the feeling of getting videos of my tracks being played out. So I'm like, fuck it. Like, I want to do that for other people too, but I got to make sure I believe in those tracks. You know, I believe in those tracks and I want to play them out. And I want, and I was actually about to ask you about that. You know, like one, the two things I was going to ask you is like, you know, how long does it usually take you to do these tracks and what's your creative process behind it? Um, yeah, okay. I, it depends on the track and how like amped I am to make it. Okay. So usually I can make a track in a week or it might take me two months. Oh, okay. So I mainly start off with sound design. Mm -hmm. I already have a set of drums that I enjoy. Like I know my structure. I, um, but my sound design is where the whole theme starts. So like if I want to get, so for example, um, my, my most latest track that's on like released everywhere is called relapse. Um, and that song um, is about a depressive relapse. And what really gets me is the sound design in the drop. So the sound design is really a mixture of heavier, lower frequencies, scrambling them up and fucking up on, on like a simple saw sub. But I, I make sure that it's like, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like just distortion frequencies clashing at one another to make a very sick sound. But it's like, that's how it sounds like in here. And like, what the fuck is going on with me? You know? Mm. So it just, it really depends on, you know, which track that I'm talking about. Because um, they're all different. A lot of them are differently made. And so like with that one, I made that shit maybe in like two weeks. Because I, I, I was getting the emotions out. It was already out. And I'm like, this shit is sick. Let me finish this. Right. And like, with how, and I'm like, okay, with this song, this has a really heavy hitter sound design where like when whenever I play this shit out, everybody goes like they fuck with it. So yeah. I do like a low key intro and, you know, you know, with like a not like a super hype buildup, but like a very impactful buildup, you know, um, that are like, oh, shit, something's about to happen. And maybe they don't expect what's about to happen. But um I I kind of mainly start out with sound design on how I'm feeling, you know, if I want to have like a more rhythmic sound design, because I'm like, you know, let me go through my East Coast roots real quick. Let me get some bounce to it. You know, right. I, I I do that or I'm like, OK, 
this is what I want to make today. So it really just all depends on like how I'm feeling and what I want to do. Do I want to do some fucked up frequency type shit? Do I want to do this type of shit? Um, some songs, like I said, could be made in like two weeks or two months. And and is that the same issue when you're actually doing collaborations with other people? Uh, I can I will. I'll admit, I'm really bad at collabs. Mm, okay. I <laughs> me too. Me too. We got something coming. <laughs> so so there's day, there's times where I'm like, hey, I have a project I can't do, and I'll send it to them. They'll be like, I got you. I got the perfect idea. A couple weeks later, full tracks done. Sometimes they'll send me stems and I can get it done pretty quickly or it takes me a long time to really get something mm. like there's a couple, there's a couple tracks that like it's taken me six months to a year to finally get an idea down where I can send it back to them. But it's also cause I'm working on my own other originals that I have ideas for right now. Mm. So I try not to stack tracks up at once where I'm like, okay, shit, I got to work on this one next. So I got to work on this one. I like to do things one at a time. So I focus on one track right? and don't worry about the others. Now I focus on it. And if I can't do anything, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Let me try the other track today, mm-hmm. you know? But I'm not like, okay, let me do like 10 minutes of work on this track. Let me go to the next one. Let me do some 10 minutes on there, you know, because I got like a bunch of tracks, a, a bunch of whips in the back, you know? If I can't do something with it, I leave it alone. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And and have you ever had like any experience when it comes to sending these tracks to to labels or you you prefer going the independent route, just release it on your own? 50-50. I will say a lot of labels don't respond mm. um, in their emails. You kind of have to contact them directly nowadays or they just have to be interested in you. Um, Ain't that the bitch. Yeah, so I will say they do respond, but it just takes a while. And here's the thing. I'm not if if you're if you're taking six months to respond to me from tracks I made a year and a half ago, I already made new tracks. Yeah. I want I'm just gonna fucking release these. Yeah. All right. I want to submit you these new tracks now, you know? So yeah. it it becomes obsolete. Um so yeah, you kind of have to work with them directly. Um, for example, like when I first got on Crow's Nest, people were like, oh, how'd you get on Crow's Nest? Like, what's their email? I'm like, oh, I built a relationship with Sven mm-hmm. over the years and showed him my music. Um, but mainly Crow's Nest is a more so, um, like I would say family oriented. Like you got to have a bond with that shit, you know? You know, it's not like just some regular ass label where you release and then you want to go to the next. You know, that's, that's, that's a family right there. You know, I'm a part of the Crow's Nest family, but yeah, but there, there are some tracks where I don't think they fit on those. And I, and I, and I want to self-release them. Like, for example, my next EP Mm -hmm. is getting, uh, I'm self-releasing, but I'm also self-funding. So it's taking a little bit. So it's like, you know, I got to pay for the artwork, got to pay for, you know, um, certain promotion. I, I, I talked to a, someone that knows um, a bit more on promotion on how to get songs out. So it's like, you know, you got to save money for that, get video, all that good stuff, you know? Um, and so I, I do, I do always try to submit to labels, mm-hmm. but I don't fret too much. Like um, I used to send a lot of music to never say die. And I will say the good thing about never say die is they used to get back to me in like two to two, to, two days to a week. And they're pretty good with like, Hey, 
keep sending more tracks, but this one, these, these tracks, we don't, we, we decided to turn them down. I'm like, okay, thanks for responding at least, you know, like, um, but I, I do get labels can be busy. For example, like disciple, like they're, you know, they're the biggest dubstep label at this point right now. You know, yeah. their email is probably bombarded. So I don't get a response after for like, I think it's been a year <laughs> since I sent the email, you know, and, and that's fine. You know, I, I kind of, I don't really send them emails anymore. I mostly work personally with labels. So um, it's nowadays it's like you gotta you gotta get to know the the person running the label before working with them. Something that I always tell people about, you know, sending demos to labels, I I tend to tell people to stay away from that. The majority, I'm not saying everybody, people, please stop. What do you mean? Say like, oh, you say every label is the same. Like, no, not every label is the same. Some labels they do to, they do take care of you. Some labels they do listen to your demos, and I've mentioned some of them, but like the grand majority of them, it's just a spam folder for them. How I know this is because I've done experiments about this. I've talked to ARs. I've talked to people who used to be ARs, and they tell me these type of stories on the side. Yeah. And they're like, just say, "Boy, this is this is how it really works." And people are really not listening to your songs. They're just like, "Whatever." I'm like, "Holy fuck, this is so broken, bro." So I tend, I tell people, "It's like, guys, don't stress about sending demos to labels. In mm-hmm. fact, that shouldn't be your priority. Your priority should be." them looking at you not you looking at them you know yep and that's uh uh sorry go ahead go ahead go, ahead, go ahead, uh, and i'll finish it up with this and and that the way i tell people is like what you say build relationship with the people mm-hmm. make some business something that i did with um with the label hybrid trap right I didn't got I didn't release on the hybrid chat because I knew the guys. No, I offered them my service to them. I say like, hey guys, just so for yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm becoming dubstep producer. I'm trying to release tracks. You know, if you're dope, here's some of my tracks. But also if you guys are down for for you guys to release some vocal packs, I'm pretty sure you guys will if a lot of up and coming producers will love to do vocal packs for pre-drops. I have a, I do vocal packs. I can, you know, you know, share with you guys in exchange. Just yeah. tell people to follow me or, you know, whatnot. And from there, they say like, yo, dope. Yo, we can release this strong uh, drop central. And yeah, bro, we can release, we can have this vocal pack for hybrid tribe. We'll push it through and all that, that yada, yada, yada. And you build a relationship with those guys. And that's exactly how it is on every label. You try to find, you give them, you offer your service to them. That's how it, that's how it normally works. You offer a yeah. sort of a service. Most of the time, it's for free. If you're if you're good at artwork, and you say, "Hey guys, uh, I uh, will will be dope if you guys like this type of artwork, you know, for you know for a song or whatnot." Um, you know, I'm an I'm an up and coming producer, and mo- nine times out of ten, they'll answer you back, say, "Yo, we'll be dope to use this," you know, and yeah, absolutely, send some songs over here, man, because because then you're 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 not being like the the typical guy, the typical bro, uh, bro says like, "Yo, bro, check out my track, bro, fire, yep. it's fire, my demo is fire, bro, bro, I got so and so playing this song," you know, like no, you're yeah, you're I- actually being 
much more humbled and offering yeah. some service. So that way they say, oh, strictly business. We just want to do your part. We're going to do our part. And, you know, whatever we got to do, we'll mm -hmm. work something out and build, establish a relationship with them. You know, and another one, which is the last thing I'm going to say, another way to actually engage to a label. If you if you still want to get released at a label, DM or message <laughs> some of these um artists who are in these labels, you know, or release some of these labels, you know, um, show them how, you know, hey, I love your chats and this and that. Um. I did a song that's similar to yours that, that got inspired by it. Would like for your feedback. Yeah. And most of the time, these guys are going to be like, yo, this song is dope. Yeah. Or yeah, I love it. Um, You should work on this, this and that. And if you do that, man, it's a guarantee, a banger for sure. This and that. And yeah. most of the time, they're going to download the song. They'll play it. And sometimes some of these ARRs are going to question those songs and be like, yo, is that your, is that song is yours? Like, nah, man, it's this kid. This kid right here, uh, uh, I'm playing his track. You should look at, you should look at them. And that's how you get, that's how you get no, bro. Yeah. Um, one thing you were talking about is how people are like, yeah, I got this track played by so-and-so. So I did a, um, I did a interview feedback session podcast thing with uh, Grimefest, I think a year and a half ago. I think around two years ago as well. And this dude was like, can you guys give me feedback on this track and listen to it? And then they were like, come on, dude, it got, it got uh, played out by, uh, or he was like, yeah, I know these guys. Um, he's like, ISO XO and like this other dude. And I, and I like stopped the feedback and I was like, dude, I don't give a shit who you know. Like, I was like, that's not how you're going to get me to listen to your shit. Yeah. I don't care. Like, you can you could tell them that I don't give a shit about yeah. who you associate with. I'm like, that's going to make me not want to listen to it. And I said, I'm going to skip your track. Like, hey, <laughs> I, I don't. Hey, yeah, don't, if, don't if try this, to play the name. Don't yeah, try to play the name game with me. If this song has got played by so-and-so, why you need my feedback? I'm, I'm pretty sure you're already in a good fast track, right? If you, <laughs> yeah, if your song got played by its session. Why do you need me for feedback? Like, <laughs> exactly. I like, get out of here, bro. Well, we're gonna yeah. wrap this up. We got like a few more, so we can end it with a nice little note right here, man. Um, one of the things I definitely wanted to ask you was why yeah. is it that you chose your name to be Foray? Okay, so um, I'm Middle Eastern. My dad is from Iraq, so I'm I'm uh, Iraqi descent. So, um, I when I was like when I was like thirteen, I was like I want to make a name, you know. Mm. I want to make something that kind of resembles me. I'm like I'm pretty foreign, so I put an extra R, I put an extra R to it. <laughs> so it's just it's just the word foreign with an extra hey, R, and I did that not? because I'm Middle Eastern, so. Yeah, it's and yeah, it, that's the only thing you know. Like that's that's uh that's how I did it. And for some reason, people just don't know how to spell foreign with an extra R. It, it, I found that out. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how people could fuck that word up. But you know, hey, whatever. They're like, oh, I I didn't know it just because you know there's an extra R. It's like it's just the regular spelling just with an extra R. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was just like, I was just like. Oh, this would be dope. And it just stuck with me ever since. Like I've had a couple of different names before, um, but they never like worked. They didn't mm. stick, 
you know, is okay. whatever. I was younger at the time when I was making these names. So I was like, okay, let me get a name that sticks. Let me have something that's pretty cool. And, you know, I would say foreign is a pretty good name. <laughs> and it 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 um stretches out, you know. I would I would say it's nothing I need to do a I need to do a, a rebrand or a rename or anything. Um, you know, looking at it, I'm the only foreign. Uh, I will say though, when you do type in foreign on like YouTube or something, it'll take you to that. I think Trey songs song foreign, but then, oh, really? but it's, yeah, but it's because they try to do uh name correction. Oh. So it'll say showing results to foreign with one R instead of foreign with two R's. Right. So that's the, that's the one thing that sucks, but uh, still like, um, no one else had it. You know, and I made sure no one else did. And yeah, you know, uh, that's me. Everybody knows that it's me if they know who foreign is, you know, I would say like, you know, there's there's definitely a big majority of people that do know the name. Either it came across or, you know, they heard it in a discussion before or something, you know, like when I bring it up there, pe- you know, people that might not know my face are like, oh, I've heard the name before. And right. like, you know, I feel like it's. It's not it's not like a crazy ass name, but it's I would say it's still unique in a way. Well, that's good, man. That's good. Some similarities. I for one moment I thought you were Mexican. <laughs> really? Yeah, I do get that a lot. Yeah. Um when uh when I used to work at like um Sam's Club or Lowe's or something, people would call me like um uh, they'd be like, Oh, you're my cousin Jose. I'm like, no, my name's Wasam, man. I'm I'm <laughs> a different as different ethnicity. You know, <laughs> so it, yeah, I'm like, hey, I hate to break it to you, but I'm Middle Eastern. I'm not, I'm not um, hey, Hispanic or anything. Hey, well, that's that makes us to um, my my mom's side of the family is Lebanese. Mm, word, word. So I so I got my Lebanese heritage on that one. So, and and it's funny because I I was born in Puerto Rico, so we got like a multiracial in there. Word, word. Yeah, I was. I was born in Florida. I just uh, moved up here with my mom. So mm-hmm. See, we, we got we we got our Middle Eastern roots over there, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I need to I need to channel them a little bit more on my on my uh, intros. I'll say I'll be honest. You know, someone that's pretty good at that Sultan dude. That motherfucker is really good on his like Middle Eastern like flow you know, to it. You know who's also good as well? Um, it, it Kashmir is also very good at it, and he preaches. Mm-hmm. And he tells everybody that he's from Desi, or at least his family is from Desi. And he, and his music and his videos, like everything's very Indian-like. So it's like that's dope, you know, that yeah. you embrace your your culture like that. Um, I feel I think someone else does it. Um, no, no, no. I was I was gonna say Doctor Ozzy, but no, Doctor Ozzy is from the Middle East, but he doesn't. I don't think I've seen some of his music embraced in that realm like Sultan and Kashmir does. Yeah. Um, no, I would say he's he does like um he used to be more so in like the bro step realm. Yeah. So like he he kind of has like that more like melodic elements to his stuff. But it hey, hey, but it's dope, man. We we need to keep repping at it, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I I I never I'm never ashamed to say um that I'm Middle Eastern or anything like that. I mean, if someone tries to threaten me or make fun of me, I mean, I just could tell them to go fuck themselves. Like, not my problem that you don't like it, you know? That's what's up, man. That's what's up, man. Keep it up, brother. 
up to this point, what has been your greatest accomplishment and what are you hoping to accomplish in the near future? Um, so yeah, like ever since I was younger, I've, I've always wanted to be on Crow's Nest. So that's always going to be like my number one accomplishment is being a part of the family there. Dope. Um, yeah, I I was there from like the start of it. Um, I used to bug Mark all the time when I was younger. Oh. I'm, if you, if you're cool with him, you can ask him about me. I'd be like, yeah, how do I get on Crow's Nest? Like you guys are so cool. I'm like a, when I'm I was a, like, I'm going to talk to him shortly after yeah. this. Yeah, when I was like when I was like 15, 16 years old, I was like, oh dude, I, I always wanted to be on Crow's Nest. Like, how do I get on? And he's he was very good at giving me advice at the time. And um I would say that is like my like number one accomplishment um in music, because that was a very big goal of mine for years. And finally getting that chance and showing that I can do it, like I, I could show off that you could start from nothing, you know, and be something. I so. agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, before we get to this last question that I got for you, man, um, usually I give this I give this moment to to let people know about something about me or something about within the industry yeah. that I've been within. So I always ask the people who I interview now is like, is there a particular question that you want to know about me or want to know the things that I know about the industry or no offense about like, hey, what do you think about this or how do you approach this and that, you know, stuff like that? Because I've been in the industry yeah. for almost, I'm almost 17 years is what you said. 17 years, bro. And I've seen the ins and outs. I've been on the ins and on the outs. I've yeah. been shadow banned before. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm still am because, you know, my podcast hasn't taken off yet because I'm, yeah. you know, I, I don't burn bridges. People have burned bridges to me, you know, and I just know <laughs> a lot of fuck shits and ugly sides to the industry. It's oh, yeah. that, that I, I... I'm definitely aware of all the back-end shit, too. Yeah, that, that I, I, I mean, I made my whole podcast based on that so people know the, the truth out of it, mm -hmm. you know? But if you haven't had the chance to to look at look at them, you know, um, you know, ask away if there's something in particular that you always want to figure out or think about. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest interesting thing that you did bring up is like you've been in this shit for 17 years um what was like your what was like your first genre like how did you get into dubstep like so was it always was it always like you were into dub ever since like even from 17 years ago or did you like find you know like a song that you you got really interested in so and then like jumped into it so the funny story about that is that um because like i told you i was born and raised in puerto rico right and Puerto Rico is well known in the world for having the best reggaeton music and salsa songs. Mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, obviously, I was a reggaeton DJ for many years. When I started hitting the club scene, I started to go a little bit more housey or more commercial and performant like, you know. Mm -hmm. because, you know, that's what people, they don't want to, there was, you'd be surprised how many clubs and bars that I DJ, they, they strictly say, I don't want any reggaeton here. So imagine me. Oh, really? Like, like yeah, me, a reggaeton DJ, and telling me no reggaeton, I'm like, fuck. So I have to, like, found ways to get the people mm -hmm. crowd going. And that's where I started, like, with hip-hop, rap, and then, 
house music mm-hmm. or before match shit like that just to keep it going just to get it and people fuck with it so much that they kept it going and I feel like I love house music at that time when it was like the big room era when it was the Avicii levels yeah when it was you know Martin Garrett's at the time you know we're talking about you know 2010 2011 2014 the big room era I said myself like I want to be in those festivals like what is it that I have to do to get to those festivals and yeah that's where I, I at that time my mentor he he's a underground tech house g house asset house dj and producer uh i asked him what what i gotta do because he played in edc puerto rico and he played on other festivals in <laughs> miami music week he told me say yeah. you you want to be on this you need to start making music i'm like damn okay i'm not a musician but i'll start <laughs> yeah yeah i'll start yeah. i'll start i'll start with stuff so it, so my journey became from All right, from reggaeton to making, to playing, and then starting to make house music. And then mm-hmm. when I, and I, around that time, my love with dubstep started to grow little by little and drum and bass as well. Yeah. I fuck with melodic drum and bass. I fuck with it so much. But the problem is that I was too afraid to do it because I don't know how to start any of this glitchy shit or I don't know. Where do you go with it? You know? So, yeah. So yeah. it wasn't until I moved to Miami and went to school for audio engineering where I met my brother, Nitty Gritty. At that time, he was Ricky Mears, where we where he showed me some of the ropes and he showed me what dubstep is about and what and what melodic dubstep. He showed me what melodic dubstep is because he was very well known on the melodic dubstep side. And I fuck with his songs a lot. And Yeah. And then I and it opened my heart a little bit more that I say like I want to go with dubstep and then I after that I was just bass music all the way, man. And nice. Yeah, that was just my trajectory. Yeah, like a big detail and long story short, reggaeton, house, and now to where I am right now in bass. And I'm happy to stay where I am in bass. Like I love it. I love listening to any any single bass music song, bro. Especially the whole Future Bass, Chill Step, Future Rhythm, a lot of dubstep. You yeah. name it, bro. I, I love listening to it. And and I'm happily, happily, I was able to get down to do one melodic dubstep with Mantic and Infinite. Shout out to Ryan and Robbie, man. Great people, man. And, oh, yeah. And I, I'm I can't wait until we release that song. It's it's gonna be the sickest thing ever, man. I really really loved that. It. it was a great project that I that I'm so happy that these guys got behind it very quickly. And I was like, bro, bro. So that's something that I'm looking forward to, and I'm also looking forward to do an EP that involves you know tear out stuff and melodic stuff. But yeah. The whole concept of the EP is more about my trajectory as a producer. Yeah. You know how how my life in this industry was a roller coaster. Really, like I have my highest yeah. moments, then I have my down moments, and I go up again and then down and up and down into now this steady road that I am right now. So that's where it's going through, and that's basically my. So my whole trajectory, um, 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 bass music, bro. 
Nice. Uh, when you were getting into like, when you were getting into dubstep slowly, mm-hmm. I would say who was like someone you looked up to. Oh, I mean, I I under I understand that like you know around the time in that 2011 2014 era, mm-hmm. I, I understand that like Skrillex was getting big, yeah, and then you know there was Kill the Noise. Dylan Francis was doing some like dubstepy type Somewhere shit Somewhere around. He was Yeah. It yeah. Was, it was experiment he was actually experimenting a lot more on the Mumba and DMB for some reason. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say even like Porter Robinson back then too had some Oh yeah, some Porter Robinson stuff also. Porter Robinson yeah. started with dubstep, yeah. Yeah. Uh who was like who was like your main influences early on? Cuz I mean, uh you know when I was talking about it, mine was like Getter and Code Pandora. You right. know what what was yours? Because you you were a lot earlier than I was. No, definitely. I started listening to Dubstep when Skrillex came about, when the Scary Monsters Night Sprite, and then when he did Levels Remits and Cinema Remits and First of the Year Equal Nuts. Skrillex is definitely my number uh, my number three. It, Skrillex was the reason why I started listening to Dubstep. Zomboy was my inspiration to like, I want to sound like Zomboy most of the time. I fuck with Zomboy so much. Even to this day, there's some... Yeah, he's that, sick. No, no, absolutely. He's sick. There, there's no doubt about it. And his his level of mixing is just like astronomical. Like he is very mm-hmm. good on the mixing part. I will say there's some songs that I don't like about Zomboy because it's like, fuck, bro. You, you know you could have done this a lot better or you fucked up this part. You know, stuff like that. But we need us to stay in my, I, that's definitely my number two. And I guess my main person that I looked up to one, because it's funny that I've, I've met both my heroes, uh, Skrillex and Zomboy plenty mm-hmm. of times. And they're great people to talk to. And they were amazing and everything. Um, but my number one is actually Rob Swire from Pendulum. And yes, dude. Hell Yeah. I've been like getting into him a little bit more now. Um, and dude has an amazing voice. I will bruh. say that. Amazing bruh. ass voice. Uh, Pendulum as a whole, uh, uh, Knife Party, like, dude, so fucking good, man. I'm, I'm just telling you, like, he is like, if it, I, I just don't know anyone like Rob Sawyer can do. Bro, like nobody can reach it to this level. The fact that he came from a band to do Pendulum, like a drum and bass band, and make and make it a career out of it, and then all of a sudden decided to do a side project, which is that was Knife Party. It was supposed to be a side project. It wasn't supposed to be something that would take off, and and took off on a brainstorm, like and people yeah. made, went like, "What the fuck is Centipede? Like, what the fuck is Rage the Valley? What the fuck is Bonfire?" Yeah. And the fact that he sings on some of these gnarly songs, like Yeah. My uh my first knife party song was uh Fire Hive. Oh when I wow. heard that back then, wow. yeah, I was like so this was like before like I was getting into like dubstep fully, like when I found Getter and all those. Mm. So like I was like, This is the nastiest shit I've ever heard. Like, I'm like, ooh, when I Heard it for the first time and like, oh, it's it's so nice, bro. Well, I, f- I think a knife party, like I've heard every knife party song, but I feel like Bonfire was probably my favorite one that I captivated me. Dude, that like, that energy is 
Yeah. It's so it's unmatchable. Yeah. It's so good. And it's and it's because it's like in that same BPM of drum and bass. I feel that's why the energy itself is like yeah. high intensity. Because you can mix it up with another drum and bass song and you'll be like, what the fuck? Yeah. A full um another like people in that era that I was really into was all of the circus records people like Slum Dogs, uh, um, Dr. B, Flutz Pavilion. Doc, yeah, Fun yeah. Case, all of those Fun guys. Case. Cookie Monster. Yeah, all of them. Cookie like, Monster, yes. Rest in peace. Yeah, guy. rest in peace. Like that, that whole crew there, like when Circus Records was like first starting out and all of them, dude, it was Man, I bought all of their shit on like iTunes. Uh, I used to ask my dad for iTunes cards. I'd be like, I need some songs. And I'd get their shit. Bro, <laughs> like, you're right. I remember that time with Circus was fire, bro. Mm-hmm. I mean, still is. But that then it was like in those early days. I remember some of the, oh my. I mean, who could not forget the song uh, that still plays to this day with Flood's song, um, I Can't Stop. Um, wah, 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 wah. Yeah, that's so good. To this day, you still play it and people will just go ballistic with it. Yeah. Uh, Bass Cannon, that's another one. Bass Cannon. Uh, yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of circus classics that I feel like, you know. Spaghetti. Um, wah, 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 oh, my wah, God. Wah, that's wah, a, wah, yeah, wah, that's wah. a crazy one, too. Um I, I couldn't even tell you. There's so many classics there. Like they're they're definitely um a part of that movement that like made dubstep how it is. I, I will say like they oh, were absolutely. so they're so good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm I'm I was happy enough that I could be part of that movement even to this day. That was like wow, bro. I remember that way when <laughs> dubstep really came. But it but it, mm-hmm. but if you gotta give the flowers and the props, you have to give the flowers. Props to Skrillex because Skrillex made dubstep mainstream. I don't care what anybody says. Like, let's no, face you, it. you're right. Decision was still playing, but it, everything was so underground. Nothing was just like out there. And and Skrillex mm-hmm. paved the way to make dubstep to be part of the mainstream or be its yeah. own genre to be as big as it is. You know, it's because of him. We have festivals that are dedicated of just strictly dubstep. We have so many talented artists. Like you gotta give your pops to it. Like sure, there are other pioneers that being longer than Skrillets. Whatever, okay, I get it. They're there, but nobody made such a big impact like Skrillets did that make this genre like to where yeah. it is right now. Spot on, dude. I have nothing else to add about that. Yeah. Like you, you said that shit right. Well, my man, um, let's wrap this up with this last question that I got for okay. you, man. Let's just say that you're walking down the street and out of the blue, a UFO pops out and aliens come out and they come to you and, and they say, yo, Boring, we need your help. Because you and only you can help us out with our situation. You'll be like, all right, though, let's, let's, tear, yeah. some, let's tear some shit down. And they'll yeah. be, be like, but before you do, just so you know, you'll be out for a while. We don't know when you're going to come back. Here's a piece of paper. Write three pieces of advice that you will give to someone. What are those three pieces of advice? All right. All right. Don't overthink shit. Big shouts, Kenny Beats. That That's his motto. Oh. I, I always think about that one. Um. 
The other three, shit. That's like my number one, man. That's the always the one that I always think about. What are the other two? I would say. Good hygiene. Make sure your teeth clean. I'll, I'll be honest. Hygiene is very important. I will say that is some good ass advice. Something that um, many never talk about, but that's actually pretty good. Yeah. What, what, what would my third be? I guess just enjoy, enjoy life. You know, like, mm. in, like you might be, you might be in the worst scenarios, right. but in about give it a couple months, you're gonna look back. And be, you know, you're going to be like, man, I'm not going through this shit anymore, mm. you know? So I'd say like, you know, definitely, definitely think about uh, like, enjoy, enjoy life. Think about the little things, enjoy the little things. You know, you don't have to be so um, materialistic or anything, you know? Mm. Yeah. Like just, I, I guess the overall, the overall would be enjoy life. But within that enjoy life, there's so much to that iceberg. Yeah, uh, of that de- of that meaning. Reach about it, man. That's very yeah. good. That's very good, man. Dude, thank you very much for sitting down and have this conversation with me, man. Yeah, of course. It was an honor, privilege for you to even show up here in the podcast, man. Thank you so much. Before we leave, um, plug yourself out, man. Let the people know where they can follow you and what they can expect from you in the future. Oh, I mean, um. Self-release DP is coming out soon. Uh, got a couple banging releases. Um, one might be already out by now uh, that oh. I can't even say on on the podcast, really. But uh, even if it's already out by now, um, uh, all my socials are just foreign. Um, mm. If you're looking on Instagram, it's uh, foreign official or official foreign. Which one is it? Hold on one sec. With two look. R's. Remember, two R's. With two R's. F-O-R-E-I-G-N. Let me let me look really quick. Is it official foreign or foreign official? Yes, foreign official. And yes, with two R's. Spell foreign right, but with add a second R. With SoundCloud second. is just foreign. Spotify is foreign. Um, I stream pretty much daily as well. If people are into like gaming and stuff like that, I'm usually oh, chilling there. Um, you know, Twitter, it's foreign music. Facebook, it's foreign official. Um yeah, anywhere that you you could just search up foreign in the search bar, you'll be able to find me pretty easily. I would say, um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty active on all of my socials. So if you find me on at least one of them, hey, you'll you'll see me on there, you know. Um, but yeah, that that's 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 kind of it on 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 my end on there. Yeah, that's pretty dope, man. Well, thank you very much for coming over to the show, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, dude. This is dope. This is this is a fun like two two almost two and a half hours. Something like that. Oh, we're, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm dividing this into two episodes. So so you know. For sure, no worries. All right, and uh, yeah, man. Thank you for coming in, and thank you guys for listening. And remember, every week is a brand new episode with a brand new topic. So always remember to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes. At the Love Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. And of course, you can check them out on Wolves and Music. And you can check my YouTube channel at the Lone Wolf Podcast or lonewolfpod.com. That's lone, W-O-L-V, pod.com. When you can check all my latest episodes, comment down below. Let me hear your thoughts. Share your experiences. If you guys got a specific topic that you want me or foreign to cover, please let us know in the comments down below. We'll try our best to cover it on the next episode. So thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Good bitches. <laughs>